All right, so our first thought we're going to go over today is that King Jesus is victorious over all we see and all we don't see. And victorious means having overcome an enemy or antagonist, having achieved mastery or success in a struggle or endeavor against odds or difficulties. That's a big mouthful as far as that goes, right? Like that, that encompasses a lot. There's a lot of power in that. So let's turn to the word. We're going to start with Colossians 1, 13 through 20. He has rescued us from the domain of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of the son he loves. In him, Jesus, we have redemption and the forgiveness of sins. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For everything was created by him in heaven and on earth, the visible and the invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things and by him all things hold together. He is also the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, so that he might come to have his first, have first place in everything. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him, and through him to reconcile everything to himself, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. I'm just going to keep continuing to read through the word. I've been praying that, again, like I prayed, that this would just soak into who we are. Ephesians 1, 19 through 23. The power is the same as the great strength God used to raise Christ from the dead and put him at the right, him, excuse me, put him at his right side in the heavenly world. God put Christ over all rulers, authorities, powers, and kings, not only in this world, but also in the next. God put everything under his power and made him the head over everything for the church, which is Christ's body. The church is filled with Christ, and Christ fills everything in every way. I love the language that's in this, the, the everywhere, and it's just, encompassing so much, every part of who we are, every part of creation, every part of the world. 1 Corinthians 15, 20 through 28, Christ has been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For since death came through a man, the resurrection of the dead also comes through a man. For just as in Adam all die, so also in Christ all will be made alive. But each of us in his own order, Christ, the firstfruits, afterwards, at his coming, those who belong to Christ. Then comes the end when he will hand over the kingdom to God the Father, which he abolishes all rule and all authority and power. For he must reign until he puts his enemies under his feet. The last enemy to be abolished is death. For God has put everything under his feet. Now, when it says everything is put under him, it is obvious that he who puts everything under him is the exception. When everything is subject to Christ, then the Son himself will also be subject to the one who subjected everything to him, 
that's the Father, so that God may be all in all. So second thing that Jesus is, King Jesus is victorious over is death and the devil. Hebrews 2, 14 through 15. Now since the children, us, have flesh and blood in common, Jesus also shared in these so that through his death he might destroy the one holding the power of death, that is the devil, and free those who were held in slavery all their lives by the fear of death. First John 3, 8, the Son of God was revealed for this purpose, to destroy the devil's works. I think a lot of times when we see suffering, when we see difficult things around us, when things happen in our lives that are overwhelming and we can't process and understand, it can be very easy to feel like Maybe the devil's in charge. And the reality is, is that Jesus won the victory and he is winning the victory. The Son of God was revealed for this purpose, to destroy the devil's works. What an amazing proclamation. What, how could this verse affect us on a daily basis when we are feeling overwhelmed to just declare these words, right? That even though in the moment, in the circumstances are difficult, that Jesus is the victorious king. That he will bring victory into our life one way or another. Because that is his purpose. That is who he is. He is the victorious king. We also see that Jesus raised the dead during his life on earth, right? We can see that in Luke 7, verses 11 through 17, chapter 8, John 11, and Matthew 27. These beautiful stories where Jesus raised humans who had died back to life. And that is still happening today. I've heard over the last couple of years multiple stories of people who have been raised from the dead. And that's so exciting. that it's not just Jesus, that the miracles are not done, they are happening. And I'm just so excited about that. The third thing about Jesus having the victory is the ultimate victory of King Jesus will be complete and fulfilled when he returns. So right now we're in this process of people coming to salvation and God being patient so that people can come to him. But at some point, Jesus will return. And when that happens, his victory will be complete and final. Thank you, Jesus. Hebrews 12, 1 through 3 says, We are surrounded by a great cloud of people whose lives tell us what faith means. So let us run the race that is before us and never give up. We should remove from our lives anything that would get in the way and the sin that so easily holds us back. We should remove from our lives anything that would get in the way and the sin that holds us back. Let us look only to Jesus, 
the one who began our faith and who makes it perfect. He suffered death on the cross, but he accepted the shame as if it were nothing because of the joy that God put before him. And now he is sitting at the right side of God's throne. Think about Jesus' example. He held on while wicked people were doing evil things to him. So do not get tired and stop trying. So do not get tired and stop trying. Jesus is our example in this. 1 Corinthians 15, 56 through 57, the sting of death is sin and the power of sin is the law, but thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Yes. Jesus will be victorious over sin and death. John Chrysostom, who was an early church father, said, like a man who is making a sacrifice in the hope of victory, Paul is inspired to see the future as something which has already happened. And he tramples upon death as if it has fallen at his feet. Death is gone, it is finished, it has vanished away. Christ has not only overcome it, he has destroyed it and eliminated it completely. I love the first part of this where the idea that Paul is inspired to see the future as something which has already happened. How might that change our perspective, again, about things that we're going through or people's lives that we see that are shattered by different things? If we filter that idea through how Jesus already won, Jesus has a victory, he is, he finalized it. How might we step into that? How might that change our thinking, what we say, how we feel about circumstances? So from these, what can we learn about King Jesus? King Jesus is victorious over all we see and don't see. There's a lot in the spiritual realm that we don't see. There's a lot going in, in the lives of the people around us that we don't see. And I'm, not, I'm talking about the work of the Father, the work of the Son, the work of the Holy Spirit. God is alive and active and drawing all men to him. Scripture tells us this. And despite what we see, because we have only our natural eyes, the Holy Spirit is drawing people. He's putting circumstances and things in people's lives to draw them to him. And sometimes it can be really frustrating when you don't see that. But we can remember that the Holy Spirit does not rest. <laughs> he doesn't stop. He's active. He's able. And we can trust that he is bringing people to him. And that Jesus will be victorious over all of that. Yeah. King Jesus is victorious over death and the devil. I love the fact that our natural death is something we don't have to be afraid of. I love that. That instead it can be something that we can look forward to as just a doorway into an eternity with God. A doorway into 
the way life was meant to be for us. To me, that's exciting, and there are days where that's what gets me through the day, right? That knowledge of, I'm in pain right now, or I'm mad right now, or I'm really tired right now, or I'm just whole person weary right now. But tomorrow I'll probably be better, and eventually one day, I'll never feel this way again. (laughs) Yeah. We also see that the ultimate victory of King Jesus will be complete and filled when he returns. I can't wait for that day. I can't wait for the day when I get to see Jesus face to face. That is the thing in my life that I look forward to the most. What will he say to me? What will I get to say to him? So, (laughs) this is Westminster Abbey in London. I got to go here when I was 15 as we were traveling to Uganda. Um, And we had a couple days layover in London, which was a lot of fun. Got to see a couple of things. We went to Westminster Abbey and um, there's a lot of people buried here, outside, but also inside. Um, That was really fascinating to kind of see who was there and to read the inscriptions that were there. And one of the ones that, it's a beautiful place. And there's a lot of people there and it's very quiet. And there's one that unfortunately almost made us laugh because on the inscription of this grave, this guy died because he was out playing tennis and got hit in the head with the tennis ball and died. And they inscribed that on his tomb. And I thought, I don't know that I would want that on my grave. Um, But it's fascinating to see the history of everything that is there. Um, And you could take hours, hours in there. So this gentleman is Major General James Wolfe, and he is buried there in Westminster Abbey. And Wolfe died in battle after having been shot three times. And as he lay wounded, he eventually heard that they would be victorious in battle. So he was just laying on the battlefield, waiting and hoping that they would win. And someone came and told him, we're winning. This is going to be the victory. And he said, now God be praised, I die contented. And he's said to have died with a smile on his face because he knew the victory had been won. So this is his tomb in Westminster Abbey. And part of the inscription, which is the oval that you see between the two flags, part of the words there say, slain in the moment of victory. Can't these words be said of Jesus? He was slain in the moment of victory. When he died, there was a lot of people that were waiting for a Messiah to come that was going to be what they thought the victorious king would look like. Someone probably big and strapping and handsome and very warrior-like, and they thought he was potentially going to defeat Rome and what was happening and give freedom to Israel through war. And instead, he comes as a little baby and the scriptures describe him like we read that Justin read the scriptures I think last week about how he was someone that you wouldn't look at twice necessarily. And he didn't come as the victorious king on earth like a lot of people hoped for. 
And I want to challenge you today because this idea of victorious King Jesus feels maybe not real, maybe abstract. But I want to challenge you with the idea that how are you missing where Jesus is the victorious king in your life? Because you're expecting him to do it this way, but he has a plan to do it this way. Where is our victory already happening through Jesus in our life, even if we can't see it? Maybe we need Jesus, through the work of the Holy Spirit, to shake us up, to get us out of old habits and patterns that we've been doing for years and we need to stop because they haven't been working. Maybe we need to come before the throne of God and say, what am I missing? What am I not seeing? Where is my victorious Jesus? I don't see him. I don't feel him. I don't know him. Do I know that? And allow the Holy Spirit to massage into us, to work into us the reality that Jesus is the victorious king. He was, he is the victorious king, and he will be the victorious king. Let's not miss this aspect of Jesus because we don't see it, we don't feel it right now. It's important for us to study this. Let's not miss out on an aspect of Jesus because we don't like it or we don't see it or we don't feel it. Let's let the truth that Jesus is victorious king sink into who we are and what we do and what we think. So what do we do now? (laughs) Read today's scripture looking for a clearer picture of King Jesus. These notes are on the website with all the scriptures. So you can go back and read them. Write down your description of our victorious King Jesus. And I would suggest that you do this with the Holy Spirit's help. That maybe it'll expand a little bit to incorporate more of who victorious King Jesus is. Consider how King Jesus and his ultimate victory affects your life today. Like that quote where Paul is considering that death is already done. So how do we run run our life differently? We can also pray and ask God to help us be more like Jesus. We sang about that today. God, help us to be more like Jesus. And write a prayer topic list of how our world can be more like the kingdom of Jesus. We've been praying corporately here on Sunday mornings for the reality of who Jesus is to enter into our world. But one of the things that is so amazing about a congregation, a family and church, is that we all see things other people don't. We all know people that other people here do not know. And so part of the beauty of this is that if we are all praying this way, We all write our own list of how the world can be more like the kingdom of Jesus. Some of those points are going to be the same, and some of them are going to be different. And the cool thing of that is it's going to expand the prayers that go up, the variety. So I love this idea of us writing our own topics. So what are the kinds of things that we are going to pray for? 
Anna is downstairs with the children practicing. Yes, so she, she's going to come up. She's going to be right up. But um, So I'm going to go. She was going to lead us in prayer today, but I'm going to go ahead and pray through these topics. Um, and then she'll lead us in some prayer so that we can pray into this today. And I would encourage you to do what you need to do to pray actively. I think you all know what it's like to pray passively, and you all know what it's like to pray actively, where we can activate our spirit, our mind, our emotions, our will, and even our body to be involved in the prayer. There's power in that. So even as Anna leads, like, yes, listen. But pray along with her. Even pray your own words so that we can pray as a congregation, like I said, with the variety of the beauty of who God created us to be. So the prayers that we're going to pray, and these will rotate through this screen. God, please help us see more clearly the victory of King Jesus. God, please help us start each day from a realization that King Jesus has won the victory. What if we started the morning when we woke up and we're like, Jesus, I don't like today already, but you have the victory. <laughs> God, please help us see a specific way in which our thoughts, emotions, motives, values, decisions, and actions can, can become victorious over our enemies' sinful temptation and devices. God, please help us pursue the victory of peace where our enemy wants to sow division. God, please help us see what changes you want to see in our neighborhoods in reflection of a victorious King Jesus over our enemy who wants to steal, kill, and destroy. God, please help us show us how we can bring more people into this kind of relationship with you. God, please bring about a change of heart in the leaders of our business, organizations, neighborhoods, city, state, federal governments, and the governments across the world. And the last one, God, please bring a value on the peace of Jesus to the leaders of nations at war or considering war. So, Anna, go ahead and lead us in prayer. Thank you. Let's pray together. Lord, to think about who you are 
Lord Jesus in what you've done. Jesus, thank you that you really did conquer death. Thank you, Jesus, that there is nothing, nothing that is more powerful than you. That you will always, always be victorious. That you will always be victorious, Jesus. Thank you, God, that we have the gift of life, of eternal life with you, God. And I pray that that informs our decisions, it informs our actions, Lord, as we fully allow that to sink in. And Lord, I pray that um, as we start each day, Lord, that you help us to all of this, Lord. In 1 Corinthians 15, 55 and 58, Oh, death, where is your victory? Oh, death, where is your sting? Your sting. For sin is the sting that results in death, and the law gives them its power. But thank God, he gives us a victory over sin and death through our Lord Jesus Christ. So, my brothers and sisters, be strong and immovable. Always work enthusiastically for the Lord, for you know that nothing you do for the Lord is ever useless. God, thank you. Thank you, Lord, that you have won that victory. Thank you, God, for helping us to live our life as an act of joy, as an act of praise, as an act of worship for the gift that you've given us, Lord. God, I pray that as we wake up, as we begin our day, God, that we spend time meditating on who you are, on what you've done. God, that we would allow that to influence how we live our days today. Lord, I pray that you give us um, your strength, your wisdom, but also, Lord, that we would walk with our heads held up high, remembering who it is that is our God, remembering the gift of life that you have given us, Lord. Thank you so much, Jesus. Thank you, God. I pray that you help us as we begin our mornings with time in your word. God, that we read through what the scriptures say, who you are, and what you've done, Lord God. Help us make that a pattern in our lives, Lord, as we begin our days. And God, I pray that as you help us with this specific ways, Lord, that everything that we say, that we think, our actions, even our emotions, God, that people can pick up on, Lord. I pray that you show us how those become Help us become victorious, Lord. God, you know, we say in 1 John 4, 4, that you belong to God, my dear children. You have already won a victory over these people because the spirit who lives in you is greater than the spirit who lives in the world. God, I thank you that we are who we are. We are flawed, broken people, but people who you have saved. And God, I thank you, God, that we live in an inheritance as sons and daughters of you, God, and in that we walk in your victory, God. We are not held to the chains of sin. We're not held to the chains of other things that would hold us back, God, because we walk in your victory. We walk as your children of this earth, Lord. And I pray that you help us to see ourselves the way you see us in this, Lord God, and that we would truly um, be intentional in how we speak and how we think, and that we would ask you and invite you into our conversations, into our thought patterns, into our habits, Lord, and that we would allow you to really be victorious in us first, Lord, so that when we go out into the world, Lord, as we're doing our day, God, that that time would continue, and that we would allow that to continue to influence it, Jesus. God, we just, uh, we just pray for your peace, Lord. 
idea that your victory isn't just, um, is so all-encompassing, Lord, and that includes bringing a victory of peace, God, that, um, a peace that is powerful, that is not weak, Lord, but is powerful and um, strong, Lord. And I just pray um, from Philippians 2, Lord God, if there's any encouragement from belonging to Christ, any comfort from His love, any fellowship together in the Spirit, are your hearts tender and compassionate and even truly happy by agreeing wholeheartedly with one another, loving one another, and working together with one mind and purpose. God, I thank you that where there's so easy to fall into division, God, that you unite. God, that you, we can be united in who you are and what you've done. God, I pray that we focus on you first, Lord God, that instead of looking for the negative, instead of looking for the things that divide us, God, that we would look to you and who you are and desire to bring us. I pray that you help us to pattern our lives and encouragement to one another, Lord. I pray you help us to begin to look for ways to be the peacekeepers, to be those that build up instead of tear down. Lord, that we would be voices of your peace and your restoration, God, wherever we go, Lord. Thank you, Jesus, for that. God, I thank you that you're in love, that we can show your love to others, Lord. We thank you, God, that um, you have overcome the world as we know John, Lord. God, I just um, also pray for our neighborhoods, Lord, and um, how we want to see where we live in our communities, be a reflection of who you are, Jesus, and what you can be victorious of, of things that are not meant for good, that are meant for evil and harm, that are tearing things down. God, I just pray that you would help us to show a deep love for one another, Lord, just as we learn in 1 Peter 4, Lord, that you would help that love that covers a multitude of sins. And I pray that we would always be cheerfully there ready, God, to open our home, um, to welcome others in, God, that we would be that first step, God, of a, a reflection of who you are. And God, we pray that you also encourage us to pray for our neighborhoods. Lord, I pray that you encourage us to lift up and, and um, just intercede. God, for our streets, for our neighbors, for our communities, for the schools in our communities, for the um, organizations in our communities, Lord, I pray that you just um, help us to be so impassioned, that would be something that's so much on our heart, God, that you would show us our heart for that, God, I pray that we wouldn't allow ourselves to get discouraged, God, it can be so easy to look at the negative, to look at the things that are not right where we live, God, and it's so easy for even our conversations with neighbors to steer that way. God, I pray you give us creativity. You give us um, clarity and awareness in how we talk about our communities. God, I pray that you help us not to not pretend everything's perfect, not to gloss over what's wrong, but instead, God, to help us to highlight those acts of kindness, to highlight those things right. that you are doing right in our community, to highlight the people who are working for good because there are so many. God, help us be someone who's actively working ourselves, but also lifting up others who are doing yes. the same. Thank you, Jesus. God, I just pray that you, um, that you just so strongly be on our heart to look around and be aware of those around us who don't yet know you, Lord. God, I pray you give us wisdom and creativity and how you want us to reach out to each person in our life 
Because it'll change from person to person and situation to situation. But God, I pray that we would always be asking you for what's the next step here? What's the next step with this person, Lord? And I pray that you help us to be asking you, Lord, how to do that, Lord. Yes, God. Oh, Jesus. God, we just also just thank you and, and all ahead of time, Lord, for the people who come to know you. God, for the lives of people that we've already touched and maybe not even aware of it. And God, we thank you for those that are coming soon. Lord, we thank you that your heart is for people to know you. Your heart is for all to be saved. Lord, and I pray that our heart would line up with your heart in this, Jesus. God, we just also pray, Lord, for our, um, our leaders. God, our leaders of our global businesses. God, the neighborhood associations, Lord God. Um, our city and state and federal government leaders. God, I thank you um, in First Timothy 2, 26, it says, I urge you to pray for all people. Ask God to help them intercede on their behalf and give thanks to them. Pray this way for kings and all who are in authority, so that we can live peaceful and quiet lives marked by godliness and dignity. This is good and it pleases God our Savior, who wants everyone to be saved and understand the truth. For there is one God and one mediator who can reconcile God and humanity, the man Christ Jesus. He gave his life to purchase freedom for everyone. This is the message God gave to the world at just the right time. God, we thank you that this is you doing this work. God, we thank you that you are the one who can bring those divisions together. You are the one who are able to save people. God, we just pray that you influence those decisions that are being made at the highest levels, Lord. We pray that your words and your direction will be on the Lord. Thank you, Jesus, for um, giving them encouragement, putting people around them that can be giving them the right counsel, Lord. And God, we just close as we pray for um, our world, Lord God, and all the many nations that are in different stages of conflict and war. God, just the heart, um, the heaviness that can sometimes uh, overwhelm us at times, God, where just hearing about wars and um, can distract us, God, sometimes from the reality of who you are and that you are more than capable of bringing peace that we can hope in these situations, Lord. God, we just thank you that um, in Psalm, <laughs> pardon me, in Psalm 46, Lord, you say, um, he breaks the bow, he snaps the spear, he burns the shield of fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be honored by a nation. I will be honored throughout the world. God, we serve a God who's more than capable of bringing peace to situations where it seems like, from a human perspective, it's impossible. Lord, I pray that right now you would bring um, a victory of peace. God, that you would bring, yes. you would help arms be laid down. You would help strife. God, even things that are complicated and deep-seated, God, and go back for generations and generations.
Amen. Amen.